What's up, WWE Champions Universe? Welcome to Champions Chat, the first and only podcast dedicated to the WWE Champions mobile app. I'm Rusty Graves, and with me as always is Lee Brown. What's up, Lee? Hey, Rusty. How are you today? I'm doing good. I've got uh, just right off my lunch break, eating some Jimmy John's and ready to talk about the new MLC that kicked off yesterday. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. This one seems really, really exciting for a number of reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. So let's chat. Hey, just want to thank all of you out there listening. Our last episode on how to max the MLC was actually our highest listened to episode to date. And uh, we've got five under our belt. This is episode number six. So thank you for everyone out there who has shared it, who has liked, who has subscribed, who has listened Uh, We couldn't be doing this without your encouragement and support. So let's dive in, Lee. Yeah, sounds good. So we've got a new MLC. Uh, You know, they happen every month because that's, you know, literally in the name, month-long contest. But it seems like there's a lot more changes this time around. Maybe some good updates to the game. Maybe some things people are a little concerned or confused by. Uh, You know, we're, we're literally... A couple days in, so nobody should be making any snap judgments yet. But overall, the tone is extremely exciting, it seems like. So, uh, Rusty, what are you excited about for this month? The new free character, Shotzi, is a lot of fun to play with. I've only got her. um, What does she start out free? Two-star? Two-star bronze, because we made a commitment on the last podcast that we were going to try and max the MLC with no spend in a normal faction right on the bubble at top 100 to kind of help people see you, you know, if you can do that or not. So two star bronze is what we got her at. I've, I've already uh, enhanced her one level. So I've got her at silver. Um, I love the double submission moves and I think she's going to be a lot of fun to play with as she grows higher and higher. I actually haven't watched any previews over yet. Does she look good at those upper levels from what you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with this week being a holiday in America here, 4th of July, uh, you know, we maybe didn't get as much time with this as I thought I might. And so I've really just kind of dug into Merrick's content, uh, you know, DJ and and Smaja Gaming and Goldie and a few others have have put out some stuff on there. But the the thing to take away is the way that the content creators have been over the moon about Dakota Kai as like the female you need to take up free to play. Uh, They are all pretty similarly saying this about Shotzi and especially at six star because all the new characters are basically built around the six star meta. So that's where they're really going to come alive. Uh, She can do without any real play. It's kind of like Baron Corbin without really any tricks of the trade that are special she can do about eight or nine million turn one. So oh, that's pretty good. That is really good, especially for people like me who uh, typically only buy the kickoff pass and don't spend much else on the game. This month, I'm not buying the kickoff pass, but I'm hoping I'm going to pull that four star gold um, key pull uh, oh, to, no, no. to fuse her up. Oh, no, no. It's, it's not four-star gold anymore, Rusty. Here's another big change on the key pulls. Okay. The key pulls at a 0.1% chance. So, you know, take that into account. 
have her at five star gold in the keyboard. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> One in a million. That's I love right. it. it. That is about what it is. But actually, the key pulls, you know, in terms of things that have been overhauled, again, the odds are horrible. Just, you know, horrible. But in terms of the content, uh, the featured content there, there is a lot of really good, really rare characters. Uh, and then in the more realistic realm, they used to have 5,000 shards of C-tier characters. And now in the guaranteeds, you actually get 20,000 shards of B-tier characters. So if you missed kind of our chat on what that looks like, I mean, shards in this meta are hugely important. You need them to upgrade your characters to six and then to six silver. And uh, the conversion rates are based on the rarity. So a B tier is going to convert to better shards in your favor than a C tier will. And they're giving you four times the amount. So key pulls are, are definitely a win one way or another this MLC. That's good news because I've got my uh, five-star gold honky-tonk man, the free striker they gave us, ready to take up to six-star, and yet I need the shards to get him there. So I've got everything else in place. And uh, he's my healer. He's my defensive star on um, boss battle. So I'm hoping to get the healer honk up to six-star. <laughs> <laughs> the healer honk. And uh, for those who are already commenting on the trends that we have in our episodes can we just make that little call out that that was Rusty's uh, one shout out to boss battle per episode, at least that's in minimum. There. minimum. There's going to be minimum several more minimum. So. <laughs> well, it's like Jules on uh, what culture, if you ever watch those YouTube videos that he always says, that's my one per list. Right. So you got to just start calling that out. That's my one per episode. That's my one boss battle dive right there. But nice. You know. I love it. Well, Hey, did you max uh, the talent up event? I did. Uh, yeah, it actually took a little more than I expected. In fact, on the maybe we're not as excited changes uh, on there, the evolution, and I always say it that way because that's the way they spell it with L-O-O-T in big capital letters, right. that all of us have gotten used to changed. Um, and so I mentioned on the last episode that part of the MLC strategy, uh, how to max an MLC, well, they have already changed one element of that this month which is your six-star evolves do not count towards anything in a sub-event. Now, that sub-event also no longer has solo MLC points. So we're going to wait and see next week. It's possible that uh, it kind of reverts back, and maybe this was a one-off because it falls on a Wednesday and blah, blah, blah. But the more realistic is is that they made it a spend event, uh, quite free, quite honestly. I mean, it's the way yeah. you get the points is you spend money, and specifically on WWE Champions Portal, where you double dip. So I didn't get that. So I did actually take more six-star evolves than I, I thought I would to get there. Uh, but I did move Acro Bianca to six silver. I moved Hall of Fame China to six silver. Uh, I moved Tatanka to six bronze, Super Stacy to six bronze. And I, I thought, you know, you know, several of those, oh, uh, Hall of Fame Undertaker moved him six star finally. Um, I thought, you know, a subsection of those would have maxed it, but it actually took pretty much what I had. So what about you? Did you max the, the talent up, Rusty? I maxed, I'm so proud to say I maxed it and it wiped out just about every resource i had um <laughs> I am, also i thought i bet some everybody else 
out there listening other than me does this as well. I thought I figured out something about the game that nobody else had figured out yet. When I saw the Talent Up event happening and I saw the new six-star event happening, I thought Scopely had somehow messed up and given us the Evolution event concurrently with Talent Up. And so I started just busting right out of the gate with six-star enhances and realized, oh, this is not what I thought it was. In fact, yeah. I got nothing for doing this because my first <laughs> one was to take, uh, and this is this is the karma of Brock Lesnar coming to haunt me. Oh, my first, there's your one per list on the other I did. side. I took striker IOW Brock right up to six star as my first person in this talent up event and like nothing happened. And I was like, oh, Brock, you've done it again. Your music hits and every fan in the stadium is nauseous and tired of looking at you. And anyway, yeah. So don't do wow. that. Don't fall victim. Yeah. So two shouts with that. One is, uh, you know, things we didn't quite get into on the last episode, but IOWs don't really count really for Talent Up. So yeah. there's yeah. actually not an event that is specifically the best to take your IOWs. So those ones out of anybody are ones you can kind of do anytime, at least as we're recording this. But the other one you mentioned about depleting your resources. So a quick update from the last episode where I talked about the all-in as much as possible method that I use. And here's a great example of it. So the event right before this MLC kicked off was a special 4th of July event. And as a part of it, people kind of freaked out. You had to spend 200 million coins two days in a row. So 400 million coins, uh, which I did. You know, I mentioned before on Father's Day, I had a billion. Well, that was very quickly half of that. And then with the talent up, in order to get the most out of it, you were you know, able to spend about 100 million. So 500 million coins that went out in three days. But I went all in, did everything I could. And by the way, since I made those six-star silver evolves on the League 21 thing, I got 100 million back for that. And then I had upgraded enough moves. I got another 60 million back for that. So even though I was down well under half of what I had last week, now I'm back up in and over the 750 million coin mark. And it's all thanks to just going all in, just putting everything into it, and you get resources back. So update from last uh, episode, it keeps working for me. Nice. No, that's great. That's really encouraging to hear because I know we're all trying to figure out how do I make this game work. That's right. That's right. So uh, what else is exciting you about the MLC? We talked about Shotzi. She's amazing. You should be working her up as one of your top priorities. In fact, maybe even over Acro Bianca, which I just took to six silver. So that's hard me saying that. But uh, oh what else are you excited about this MLC? I'm excited to have a a couple of six star superstars to um, to compete at, and especially excited about having brought up after the town up. I've now got Booker T. Can you dig it to 12k Green Gym Flat Gym Trainer on my IOW Kurt Angle, so I am hitting for a ton like a truck 
And yet I still feel like it's not quite enough because if you notice today, I was already asking who is the flat green gym coach. It's Luger. I got to get Luger on angle um, because I'm still not hitting it like that 30 K damage mark that like the priest, um, you know, that limited tour that Damien priest, you're, you're battling him. Mm -hmm. Um, My angle is still not strong enough to take him down yet. So I'm excited. It's progress. I'm getting there, but I'm I'm revising my hit list for this month. I'm updating it, and now I'm chasing Wolfpack Luger as my one to get. Yep. Well, and and it seems like the trainers uh, are going to have pretty easy access. They're mostly free characters across the board, and if not, they're ones they give out pretty frequently. The coaches, on the other hand are mostly rare characters. So I have Luger, but uh, for me, I am missing Zombie Edge. And Zombie Edge is the black gym coach. Mm. And your Dakota Kai, your Ridge Holland, your, you know, various ones like this that use oh, healer honk. gyms. Honky Tonk Man Striker, right? Yeah, Honky Tonk Striker, yeah, exactly. Um, they're, they're harder. So now my Dakota Kai doesn't hit that, you know, comparatively as hard as some of the others. I also don't have the drip plate and feels like maybe that's a decent segue to talk about some of the, some of the stuff we're going to talk about this episode. What do you think? I think it's great. Great segue, smooth transition, Lee. Let's jump into one of the top questions we've been getting within our faction and we're noticing happening in the game is um, I wish I could understand or I wish I knew how to build out straps and plates for my superstars because much like I was talking about my IOW Kurt Angle still not quite being there, I spent all, all 4th of July, and maybe it was even July 3rd and 4th, chasing the 25% gym damage boost Kurt Angle strap on the 4th of July prize wall. I did achieve the strap, and yet it was a 50-50 chance I ended up with the move damage strap, not the gym damage strap. So I'm very sad, but I got a strap on my Kurt Angle. Yep, and IOWs are kind of harder to get the the straps on. So I remember back, um, this must have been either just prior to pandemic or uh, maybe early pandemic era, but I remember back when they announced kind of the straps and metals combinations and how that was going. And uh, one person, and maybe it was, it was Sir Zorro, you know, cause that's one of our community people who just tries to go out of their way to find these unique combinations. Uh, when they very first did the straps uh, with the metals was, was uh, showing how Shane McMahon showboat was now going to be at that time a viable contender because all of a sudden the strap and the plates were buffing the moves the medals especially were buffing his moves to where he was hitting for what at the time seemed insane for (laughs) that specific card so uh, the reality is straps and even more so the medals and even more so the plates are absolute game changers for your characters you could take any card in the game and i've been saying this a lot in our uh faction chat you could take any card any poster in the game and they could be horrible 
and get the right strap, the right medals, and especially the right plates on them. And suddenly they are game changers. So I mentioned Sir Zorro, the big one this past week, because during the 4th of July event, they debuted some new plates uh, that do, you know, blue to red, red to blue kind of combinations. And so Sir Zorro took Acro Shelton Benjamin, who's always been okay, but never been the great one out there added the new plate, added the Piper's plate, and all of a sudden is doing 26 million damage turn one. So that's a card nobody was thinking about building up. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, that that character that most of us have at this point can suddenly be the best card that I have on my roster. That's the power of this meta right here. So, so, if, so if what you're saying is true and and i believe that it is you're a person that tells the truth um (laughs) (laughs) what what you're saying is that the tier list are irrelevant i mean am i hearing that right that basically like i was chasing a top tier showboat for years never got it um still kind of chasing it although i really like iow angle like so you're saying if i just have the right plates and strap and trainers or what what's the what's kind of the magic formula here so i wouldn't say that you're chasing you know chasing the right card is useless or anything like that what i would say though is that the right plate and the right strap can actually translate to a better roster than just having that one right character so an example would be Apollo Creed. Now, again, that is a random, or not random, sorry. He's a, a rare uh, character that was only in the Rocky event. Uh, and almost everyone following the lead of the content creators basically were setting him up as their defensive nightmare. Triple blue, he's always going to annoy the crud out of everybody. He's going to have so much health that nobody's going to face him, going to want to face him in showdown, in feud, etc. Because, you know, that's that's his thing. He kind of took that crown from the showboat Miz uh, earlier. But that was his real function. Now the Piper plate comes out suddenly. And, and just just look at this. I've, I've got it pulled up here in front of me because I do happen to have Apollo. I just don't happen to have an ultimate strap for him yet. But the Piper plate, whenever you make four or more pyro gems, it increases all of your gem damage by 100% and your yellow gem damage by 500%. So what Apollo does is he has the ability, turn one, to create two different sets of pyro gems. So it triggers the plate twice, meaning that you are buffing by 500% and then another 500%. Now, I don't know if that translates to a 1,000%. Addition would make sense that way. But I used to be in sales. I sold for Sears, which doesn't really exist anymore for many years. And whenever we did discounts, (laughs) you had to work the math where one discount changed the total so that then the next discount was on that instead of on the base amount. Because otherwise you'd be getting a bigger number and Sears wants to work math in their favor. Scopely wants to work math in their favor. So it may not be a thousand percent, but either way, you're talking a character that goes from a defensive nightmare, which is still cool, to suddenly one that is legitimately hitting 12 to 13 million, turn one, guaranteed, with no way to really resist that. 
And that's just mm -hmm. one plate. That's one plate uh, that you could change around there. So yeah, they could change your entire roster strategy. But here's the thing, like chasing the plate versus chasing a character, you get one character and they have that utility on your roster. They're always going to be there. They're always great. But the plate not only works on Apollo, I mentioned Shelton Benjamin. I never would have thought of Shelton Benjamin, but boom, there he is suddenly with Sir Zorro's video. Uh, Hall of Fame Triple H immediately becomes a killer with that plate. Uh, and then you've got new characters coming out that are using pyro gems. And of course, the big one I mentioned last week, I, I really kind of wailed hard to try and get Regal. The reason was with that pyro plate, uh, I'm sorry, not pyro plate, but with the, uh, with the Piper plate, you could hit over a hundred million turn one with William Regal. So the plate kind of can go between characters and make lots of different characters better as opposed to just one character that you then have on your roster. So that making sense so far? It is, it is. And it, it seems like the plates are now maybe more of the chase item than just the mm -hmm. superstar, at least as I'm kind of listening to you and, and a great example of this, you chose the Piper plate while I mm -hmm. chose Piper Nevin, the superstar, I don't have a yellow gem damage superstar on my roster other than Piper Nevin. So mm. I didn't feel like I should have chased that plate. How important is it to just put a plate of high value in your inventory, even when you can't use it, if given the choice? So here's where uh, I, I get to talk in a moment about one of my biggest shame moments in the game. But first I'll answer I'll answer the question the way we asked it here it was so plates are more of a chase now than characters characters are pretty rare uh but the plates are really where they're kind of chasing the whales and so what i mean by that is big spenders those who are gonna who are going to go all out and try and spend money so when a new plate like the piper plate comes out the math usually works out that to get it the first week it's out, you're talking 200, you know, minimum to maybe up to a thousand, two thousand dollars real world money just to get that plate. Uh, and then later on down the road, they'll typically get it to where you can kind of get one for about a hundred bucks. And then they start to work them from there into more rotation. But it's not like the superstars where anytime you see a loot, you're like, oh, okay, well, there was you know, last week's characters now in there and the two weeks before that's character. So you got another chance. The plates mm. are a lot more rare, at least uh, the newer ones, especially. And, and they only come up very infrequently. So if you have an opportunity at a plate, you absolutely go for that because you never know. And here's my moment of shame, right? When plates very first came out, I got the boss plate and all heart. And I have no clue how I got those. I don't remember in the slightest bit. But part of the mechanics to keep you spending, grinding, all that, is you can only uh, move one plate per month off of a belt unless you buy the manager's pass. And I didn't have that. I don't even know if it existed at the time. And I wanted to move a plate and didn't know what else to do. So I actually shredded the all heart and the boss plate. <laughs> They're gone forever. Now, fast forward to the current realm 
where we're looking at it and zombie dom which we sing praises of on this podcast in, in our faction chat zombie dom with the all heart plate can hit twice as hard as without it and i had that and i shredded it just to Ooh. try to make a stupid move that now i look back on and i'm like what did i do so you know there's my walk of shame I bet I'm not the only one out there that feels good knowing that even Lee Brown makes mistakes with his roster. Oh, like I'm, oh, wow. I'm really encouraged by that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's my moment. It parallels back. You know, uh, the only other game I've played as long as this one is Destiny. And back in Destiny One era, there was a, a rocket launcher called the Gallahorn or the Yallerhorn. You know, the the big, most important one. And one of my buddies and I were playing and he had, you know, functionally like grinded just like we had here, finally got it. He was literally ecstatic, jumping for joy. And his dog stepped on his controller while we were playing the game and hit the delete button and erased it forever. And I have not heard from a man of faith so many expletives being yelled at an animal as I had in that moment as he was just (laughs) freaking out and then finally came back and was like, I'm sorry for that. Sorry, Did you guys. hear that? I'm like, how could I not, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, my god! deleted gosh. my Gallahorn. And so that's my, you know, all hearts, not the Gallahorn. But you get the parallel. <laughs> I have some plates. Okay, so here's a question for you. I've got some plates from that era. Um, the Blue Bomber is one mm-hmm. that I know is sitting on a superstar. He's sitting on Keith Lee. I've got Keith Lee at five-star gold. I've got a blue bomber plate because at one point Keith Lee was my strongest superstar. Um, where do I need to be moving these plates around at this point? Cause I probably haven't revisited my inventory in a long time to even right. see what plates from that first era uh, are still floating in my inventory. Well, so don't forget what I just said about the whole reason I deleted my all heart was because you do need strap or metal bits basically that go to it to allow you to move those around you get one free move in a month unless you buy the manager's pass and then you get 10 um so if you're talking about moving around plates you you really have to play the long game because let's say you've got uh two characters you want to swap plates on it's not just swap the plates it's 10 to take it off the one Mm -hmm. 10 to take it off the other now you're talking two months worth of moves so you know, that's kind of a, eh, I wish that wasn't that way, but that is the way it is. Um, so Keith Lee, first of all, uh, with the plates that came out last weekend, was all of a sudden a much more viable character again. He is back into the conversation. I've seen people hitting for 15, 20, 30 million turn two or so with Keith Lee with those new plates. So there you go. There's another example of a character right mm-hmm. off the bat that just their entire fortune and fate was changed by one plate. Um, so there's not really a set guide to say, oh, you need to have this plate on this person and trying to do so would be like trying to create the tier list. You know, the reason why tier lists are a struggle is because you could look at one character and say, oh, you know, like Hall of Fame Triple H, he's good, but he's not great. Right. But then the Piper plate comes out and all of a sudden he's great, like solid, like really, really amazingly good. Um, so where do you rate that character? How do you rate that character? And so this is where kind of that community impact really comes in, getting onto 
the discord uh, servers for the content creators, getting into a faction chat through whatever app you use, you really leaning into the knowledge of some people who have already gone there um, because any one plate might work on, you know, a hundred different characters. It's just a matter of which one do you have, which one have you built up and which one are you invested in? Because ultimately you still want the game to be fun. So if you have fun with Keith Lee and you find a plate that brings him back into the current era, that's more fun. You know, that's just great for you. Uh, but if you've got a plate and you don't have a person that goes on, it just kind of sits there and you go, well, someday that'll be good. So there's not really a one-to-one answer because with over 300 superstars in this game and with many plates involved, you know, that's like, I mean, there's so, so, so much math on that, that it melts my brain, but luckily Hmm. people smarter than us are doing it for us. So, Yep, some guys out there have created like algorithms and charts and <laughs> graphs, and they're, you know, they're. I'm thankful for those guys on the Mirix Discord. Yeah, Iron Sheik eighty four often shares them on his Discord and his channel, so he's another good dude to check out on YouTube and and Twitch and etc. But but yeah, other people are doing that, and and they're usually nice enough to share. So. Nice. Can I ask you about medals? Um, we've talked a lot about. Um, I assume we've talked about straps, we've talked about plates, and we can go back to that. But are metals important? And do I, I typically sell everything that's not a four or five metal. Um, And I typically only use the move damage bonus or the gym damage bonus types of metals. Am I doing that right, wrong? Should I be saving other stuff? Should I be spending in-game currency to increase my inventory and collect garbage? Or what should I do with metals on the straps? So you asked a couple questions that I think are all great in there. Uh, On the the last one, though, spending in-game cash to increase your your metal and or strap uh, capacity is always a good move. I mean, they give you basically 1500 free cash through the daily claims every single month and then 25 in-game cash at least a day um so at least one move every month you should make is probably to upgrade one or the other or both just to keep increasing that capacity because the more superstars they add into the game you know every superstar needs four on theirs and so now you're talking thousands upon thousands of potential slots now obviously Mm -hmm. you're not going to use all of those characters but Yeah, straps and medals are both super important. So on the straps, my personal practice was uh, until the ultimate straps became more readily available that I just immediately deleted anything that was green or lower, epic or lower. Uh, I'm now at a point where I'm almost immediately deleting everything that isn't legendary or lower because as the meta creep, the power creep moves forward, you know, it gives you better stuff. And so on a legendary strap, typically your average is going to be like, 20% 20% gym damage. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at my Johnny Knoxville, who's still waiting to go six silver because I need a few more tokens. And he has a 100% gym damage strap on him. And wow. he has a full set to each of Fury 2s, which Fury 2s, as a bonus, give you 40% all gym damage. So I've got 100% on my strap. I've got two sets of 40% on them and then the sub things include one of my uh, metals has 25% all gym damage. So once you add all of that together, looking at my you know character right here, 
he has 210% gym damage boost to blue, which is the secondary color. And then he has a 200% boost to purple, which is his primary color. And those are what his moves create. And so now whenever I use his moves, I am effectively hitting 200% harder just by having those on there. So it's a hmm. pretty significant swing for something like that. Uh, what metals should you be using? You, you mentioned uh, gym damage, which is fury, and your move damage, which is takedown. Those are absolutely the best two. Uh, and if you can start to get the fury two and the takedown twos, you know, you start to, to lean towards those. The higher the rarity they are, you know, you mentioned level four, level five. Uh, I, I'm also getting to a point where I'm kind of getting rid of anything that isn't a level five uh, because they just come with higher bonuses. They're, you know, they're better overall in that mix. Um, and so you kind of go that way. Now, the other two classes or whatever you want to call them in your, your medals are padded, which is move damage defense which is almost functionally useless at this point. I, I don't know why you would use, I mean, in a specific instance against a strong move damage character, great. But I doubt most people are gonna swap out their entire metal set for one specific fight. You know, that's just not most people's play styles. Mostly right. set it right. and forget it. And then the health bonus one, which on your higher end showboats, um, you know, like I mentioned Apollo or Miz as defensive monsters, you know, if you're playing them as a, as a defensive build, you want that health up as high as possible because you want that person to see your showdown or see your feud lineup and go, oh, I don't want to fight that guy. And so high health means longer match, means they're going to have to get their act together more, which means they're not going to want to fight you. So that's that's kind of the primary use for, for those ones. Well, it is 3.05 Eastern. That means the daily reset has happened. Today's stamp card is 4,000 keys, and today's portal is just a normal MLC bonus pack. So nothing yeah. too extreme, but uh, I love I love hitting it right at the right when it <laughs> resets. Um, I've got my my web browser open, and I was doing that, and I've got my John <laughs> Cena. What is it called? Avatar. I've got my my Showboat Cena avatar proudly yep. looking back at me i have not upgraded to, to katira what is that akira tozawa katira <laughs> tashawa right. what is his name yeah yeah and <laughs> i, I don't even it. remember if that conversation was in the episode we had to go back and re-record so or if it was like the one that actually ended up uh staying live so the the listening audience might have missed that whole thing about not spending you know money on the portal to get the akira tozawa avatar so if <laughs> if it's still there if you heard it before it got nice. taken down uh you know there you go there's your callback nice yeah yeah so in terms of plates metal straps priority uh you know it's easier to get metals than it is to get a strap it's easier to get a strap than it is to get your plates um, but if you have opportunities, like we had with the Piper event, where Scopely's like, hey, here's an option. You can have a plate or you can have this. Or in those times where it shows up in the rewards for grinding out feud, uh, war score, those type things. If you have the option to get a plate, the plate in the long term is going to be a better investment than even some of the characters. Because you never know what next character is going to come out. 
that utilizes that plate and all of a sudden goes from somebody you don't even care about on your roster to, oh, wow, that is now the character to have on my roster. That's good to know. And so if you play this game for instant gratification, the plates may not always feel good to you, but they are probably a better move so that you don't resent um, your superstar being plateless and hitting for <laughs> minimal damage, um, which I kind of think is what my Piper Nevin's going to be doing for a while. It's very possible. It's very possible. But again, you, you get a strap, you get the right medals, and you're always able to bump that up. And those are always on offer. They're always out there. You know, uh, if you're at a place where – uh, you know, you're not getting a ton of ultimate straps, the, the white ones, then keep getting those legendary blue ones and keep putting them on there. Uh, if you're in a place where, you know, you've got a pretty stacked out set of straps, then, you know, keep just auto deleting anything for the most part, for the most part, that isn't ultimate. And then when you get those ultimate straps, just be strategic about who's you're unlocking, because once you get the strap, you have to pay additional in-game currency, your metal bits, your strap parts, etc to be able to unlock them to their full potential. And so, you know, like you got some with the talent up, you max the talent up, you have some strap parts that you could use to unlock some of your straps, but you almost have to strategize and keep in mind, just as we've talked about throughout each episode, what's your plan, work the plan, you know, who's your superstar you're investing in. You know, that's one more way you invest more deeply in them by making sure they have a fully unlocked strap, good set of metals on there, and even if you don't have the right plate, they're going to hit harder if you get some of those little extra flourishes on there. Should, um, so we talked just briefly about selling stuff. Is that ultimately the economy for, for having your strap parts and expanding your straps and adding more metals, adding more plates? Like, does it kind of within... Uh, the economy of the strap itself. You sell what you don't need and don't use to make space and make possible what you can need and can use. Is that even yeah. coherent question? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there, there's kind of the, the two primary streams of thought, which is like hoard everything. And I know certain players and even some of the popular streamers, they have literally hundreds upon hundreds of straps uh, for that very reason. Um, and then there are the others who, I mean, you know, more like me, more like where we're at in this game, you're, you're, you're not getting enough of them where you have all the currency you need. Again, the manager's pass gives you a lot more of them, but that's 20 or so bucks US every single month. If you do that, uh, they are starting to include them in a lot more prize walls, including the big update that they just did to the prize wall for this MLC. So they're becoming more available but functionally, you know, if you get a green strap, it can't use a full set of metals. It can only use two instead of four. So you're limited there. So you're deleting that instantly. Uh, if you get one of the old black straps, you know, you don't even need to think about it. That has no function in the game anymore. Get rid of it. Um, but legendary, there's still some uses like we haven't mentioned, but the Rainmaker strap. If you ever see the Rainmaker strap come up. Uh, it's usually, or at least yet far, has usually been a legendary, a blue. So it doesn't use these new ultimate plates, but the functionality of it is it can go on any superstar, no matter who they are. So your IOWs, because we didn't talk fully about the idea that 
there are, are class requirements, you know, like it's going to be your strap is going to unlock and you're going to see that it's for a modern era acrobat, you know, or something like that. So your IOWs are a different era. So they need their own straps. Um, they, they need specifically like if you got, you know, your Kurt Angle, you know, that you just talked about, aside from getting a strap specifically for him, you might get an IOW strap, but it's a powerhouse IOW strap. So now you still can't put that on Kurt Angle. So there are people who hoard for that very reason, because you never know when a new character is going to come out. Like the joke for a long time was that the reality era was barren. There was nothing there except for, I think, Seth, you know, the ultimate future Seth that was the yeah. whale card for everybody, uh, the white whale. But but now all of a sudden they just threw out Barrett. They just threw out Regal. They just, threw, you know, so all of a sudden, like now, if you have those straps sitting there, guess what? You immediately can use those. Whereas mm -hmm. if you delete them, then you're like, oh, man, now I need a strap for <laughs> and I don't have it. But you also have limited inventory and you need metal bits. So you always kind of have to be playing that game of how useful do I think this strap is going to be? And it's it's really always going to be a, a guessing game. So you either hoard or you strategically delete them to get more things. Just don't delete the all heart plate, please. Learn from oh, my yeah. mistakes. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, isn't it? Especially when we talk about <laughs> mistakes we've made in this life-altering game that we all enjoy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, so any uh, any thoughts or insights you have on the the straps, the medals, you know. Anything else before we switch over to some WWE chat? Well, I'll say this. As someone who's who has spent at times nothing on the game, um, you have to know the practicality of some of those free plates um, that could just help you recycle better, faster, quicker. Like I think I've got a free plate on my Angela Dawkins that was very, very useful in this past week's boss battle. Um, because like every time I would hit, I'd break like three green gems, my blue um, uh, move, you know, MP would go up. And so <clears throat> there are free ways to get useful plates within the game that um, will make you better, will make you, uh, your character faster, recycle better, and um, and it'll be a great experience despite like if you're out there listening to everything that Lee said and your one takeaway was, well, I'll never get any of those. I'll never get any of those plates. So, well, that's that's definitely the wrong mindset, because even the free plates that boost what you do, what your character does well, um, are really useful, really beneficial. And I think twice a year, Scopely. Um, creates a contest where you can get the Rainmaker strap and that goes on virtually any superstar. So there's no one on your roster that doesn't qualify and it can't get better with a little bit of intentionality from a strap and a plate. That's, that's all I would say. It's like, I'm thinking about the little guy out there feeling like he's not going to get to participate in this. Um, there's definitely ways for him to level up as well. That's right. And you never know when there's going to be something like the, you know, contest on the portal they did a few uh, months ago where everyone got a Foley plate, the mini face of the Foley, or this last one where you could have got the Piper's plate, you could have got the Gremlin's ears, you could have gotten uh, uh, Scimitars of the Sheik, you know, there's different ones like that. And all of those have characters that if you have that character, you go, oh, yeah, I've got it. But 
to your point and my last point then with this is don't neglect that when you max the talent up, which we talked about earlier, you get one plate picker coin. Uh, and depending on the faction and the events, there's sometimes a second plate picker coin in an average month. And there is a prize wall with some of those more, you know, common plates, some of the older plates. Uh, but they also have been including like yet far the Titan plate, which is absolutely a game changer for Ridge Holland, which everybody has for free and everybody should be taken to six stars quick as possible for Hall of mm -hmm. Fame Undertaker for, you know, multiple, multiple mutant Seth, zombie Ray, multiple characters can benefit from that one plate and it's available. It's just a grind. Like being quite honest, I don't have it yet. Uh, I'm now at eight out of 10 because it costs 10 coins. So I've been saving for eight months and we'll save for two more to get that one plate, but everybody can get that plate if you just wait and just have some patience. And guess what? The new brawn, that's another, you know, the MLC chase character for this month is another character that may possibly benefit from that specific plate. So there's a lots of viability to it and everyone can get that. And they just added the dead man sigil to that same prize wall this month. So they're expanding it. They're taking their time, but they're giving everybody a chance at some of these top plates. Yeah, very cool. I was going to mention the sigil because it takes a cross-gem superstar and just boosts the heck out of them. So that's yep. really neat as well. I'm up to six out of ten, so I'm a little bit behind you, but I've got my <laughs> sights set. Yep. Well, I guess that's all for straps and plates today. Yeah. Um, we were treated with one heck of a money in the bank premium live event this weekend did you get to see it lee i did yeah i, I watched it live in fact uh you know we're in two different time zones there's a little bit of a delay it seemed like between some of our comments on things but i, I think i even texted you during it that i had heard that dominic was going to beat cody and i texted you and said prepare your heart just mm -hmm. prepare your heart mm -hmm. this is happening and I was wrong, you know, so it worked out. <laughs> so sometimes the dirt the sheets. And it was nothing. Yeah, sometimes I think they feed those dirt sheets misinformation just to generate interest in the event as well. Um, Triple H announced that Money in the Bank was the largest grossing premium live event in WWE history. Did you know that? Yep. I did. I watched the press conference. History. That was crazy. Uh, I have to believe that Cena coming out and dropping – WrestleMania London is not a tease, but it is a fact that it is going to happen. What do you feel well, about that? I have a little different take on it. I, I don't think it's a fact or a tease. I think it was a strong arm tactic because they, I mean, it's not just that WWE says, hey, we're going to come here. Who, who wants it? Like they have to compete. They have to do the dance with, you know, soccer slash football events uh, with with different events that are happening in the stadium, like concerts. So, so they don't just immediately get to say, hey, we're coming. Who, who's there? They're trying to build up some pressure so that the people of London are like, hey, they said they were coming here. Why are you government or, you know, certain arena or whatever? King Charles. Why king you, Charles. oh, king, are you impeding <laughs> us <laughs> yeah have you not heard about triple h he calls himself a king too i think you two should have a smackdown oh, match man. let's go that would be incredible to have uh, triple h hung up his boots though you know that's the reason that can't happen <laughs> what if what if they did what if they instead of wrestlemania what if it was the royal rumble 
in oh. England. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm dreaming big. I'm dreaming, dreaming big. big. Well, I mean, Wrestle Talk, Ollie Davis, he said right after that, he's like, yeah, WrestleMania would be great, but could we have a Royal Rumble, please? <laughs> yeah, Rumble's the, really the event that I love. It's it's always been my favorite event ever since, like, the early 90s, like the Hogan. I think he won yep. back-to-back Rumbles, and they were he so did. good, even despite yeah. that. And then the Flair Rumble. This is not oh. fair to Flair. That was oh. classic Bobby Heenan line. Oh, yep. I love that. That was the greatest With Rumble probably With a tear in my eye. That is still one of the best promos anyone's ever done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. What else What else were you thinking about this money in the bank? How'd you think uh, uh, Becky Lynch? Did she get wronged or was this right? I mean, it was just, just like, was all the attention on Becky a red herring? Did they make a change at the last minute? Um, so I don't think they made a change at the last minute. There was rumors out there that they had changed to where Zelina Vega was going to be out of the match. Charlotte Flair was going to be inserted in and that raised so many red flags for me. Like, Oh no. Yeah. Cause you know, that, that they don't have a good history of suddenly changing people out. And then <clears throat> Brock Lesnar wins yeah. the event out of nowhere and stuff. Yep. But I did think, you know, like, again, we kind of talked about before, I don't know if Becky needed that rub uh whereas what io did and we're well past a moratorium on spoilers so if you haven't seen the event you know you can skip ahead but but spoiler warning io you know actually went in and handcuffed becky and bailey to the ladder and then literally and symbolically climbed over bailey to get the briefcase it was really good that was really brilliant yeah, it really was. It was a great moment. Um, it could set up a Bailey face turn, a Bailey and Becky reunion. It could oh. be really neat. It could really, really be neat. But was it? Were were they ultimately saying like this? This women's revolution is like now the next generation is taking it. Is this? I mean, was that like a commentary on? Thanks, Sasha. Thanks, Bailey. Thanks, Becky. Thanks, Charlotte. We'll we'll take it. Thank from you, here Trish. Now. Right. Well, no, thank not you, thank Trish. you, Trish. She oh. <laughs> she was terrible. She is the Brock Lesnar of women's wrestling. She is so terrible. Okay, okay. Agree to disagree for a moment here, because I've never been a huge Trish Stratus fan. I mean, Attitude Era. I was a teenager. There were obviously aspects of her presentation <laughs> that were appealing to me, uh, but. She did take two in some particular. Of, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not calling out anything, but in the event of a water landing, flotation devices will surround oh, you. And I'm wow, glad our wives somewhere. don't listen to this podcast, aren't you? Oh yeah, my my wife was the other day. You know, just uh, not because I was in the car with her, and you know, quality control. Got it. Like, does this sound good? Yeah. You know, I know we got some things to work on, but but all that to say, she took some massive bumps off the ladder. And the fact true, that, true. you know, a quote unquote legend, somebody who's been retired all this time, like if, if someone else, you know, came in from that position and it was a Lita, it was a whoever, you know, like your favorite legend, we would be singing their praises because they got involved that well. And she yeah. did. Yeah. She basically showed up as Tommy Dreamer at Money in the Bank. And, uh, <laughs> and, right? and, and then, and I don't know if you saw Raw the next night, then she came out with like a broken face like cast on her face it was incredible so um no i think they are finally legitimizing her 
place in this story and in the modern wrestling era. And uh, and they're doing some really good stuff with Trish. I won't belittle her by calling her Brock Lesnar. That was insulting, probably. Well, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, on your is. scales, that is a huge, huge insult. So. And much to my chagrin, who shows up on Monday Night Raw but Brock Lesnar? And what does he do? re-enters a feud with Cody Rhodes to build up to SummerSlam. Why? 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 Well, so here's my thing about Brock where I deviate from you. Because I I also don't oftentimes like him as the portrayal of a person that he is. I don't know his real life. I don't know who he is behind scenes. But the way they portray him on the cameras, I often don't don't like that person. But he is the final boss like what i what i appreciate about what they've done with him is that he is able to remain that oh my goodness this guy can destroy anyone except for the fact that every up-and-coming face that wwe has had for 20 years has to go through brock lesnar so he's legitimately lost to everyone drew mcintyre cody rhodes seth rollins you keep the list going they've conquered the beast and yet he still feels like a viable threat when that music hits and people go, Oh, this is going to get, something's going to happen. Like I was going to say it gets good, but for you, that would not be, it gets good, but something's going to happen. You know, I, I just want, I just want to see, I want to see a complexity of story, not in ring performance, which is great. It's part of wrestling, but we still don't know why Brock attacked Cody with no motive. There is no suspense. There is no reasoning other than what we all know to be true. Vince McMahon blowing a whistle behind the scenes and pointing his finger at his attack dog, Brock, and saying, sick him, boy. And there is no reason. And it doesn't make any sense. There's no stakes. There's nothing at stake. Every time Brock Lesnar shows up, it is vanilla ice cream. There is no, there is nothing extra. There is nothing to make it delicious. Well, I have two hot takes on that. One of them is Vince has to find a way to spend $500,000 every time he's on TV. Cause I hear that's pretty close to his going rate, at oh. least on pay-per-view it is. And secondly, and I know we don't talk a lot about other games, although I did mention Destiny earlier in this podcast, but uh, I personally have never played the Legend of Zelda franchise. And the parallel that my mind comes to is the first one I even attempted was the one on the Switch. I think Breath of the Wild or whatever it is. And we bought it day one. I tried the game, but it assumed that you knew the story. At least that's my take on it. It didn't jump me into anything. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know why I was there. And even though this game is rated as one of the most amazing ever, I hated it. I played it for about five hours, and I've never picked it up since. And I've called it one of the most overhyped, overrated piece of trash games I've ever played, which ticks off so many people because it's apparently a masterpiece. And I'm Mm. probably wrong. But the reality is there was nothing in the story that jumped me in and let me know why I was there, where right. I was going. Right. And that seems to be kind of your issue with the Cody and Brock feud. Yeah. And on that note, can you send me all of the Switch games you don't like in a padded envelope? <laughs> I would love to play them. I mean, I, I don't think I'm not picky. 
Um, there you go. Hey, let me just say this about video games. My daughters and I started a GM mode in WWE 2K22 over the 4th of July holiday, and we are having so much fun. Um, it is maybe the most fun thing I've ever like like game that I've played with my kids um, because you get to be the GM, you get to sign superstars, you get to build the matches, build the card, you get to upgrade your arenas, your social media presence, all that. And you can sabotage one of the other shows. So we're doing a battle of the brands. I'm raw. My daughter, Glory and I are raw. And my oldest is SmackDown. And I can like, I can like issue a um, a contract where she can't have any title matches in her next pay-per-view and it'll totally sabotage her numbers and her profit margins. It's a lot of fun. So it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, I know yeah. that feature was highly requested for years after being in the old SmackDown versus Raw games and then disappearing for like a decade or more. It's really cool. I'm glad it's getting used. Yeah. We don't have well, the what new... You... Oh, go, go ahead. I just yeah, say, we don't have the new 2K23 yet, but we are having a ton of fun with 2K22. That's awesome. Well, on the 2K23 front, that's kind of funny because, you know, you talk about John Cena came out and did this WrestleMania London push. And then, you know, for no reason, of course, there's, there's no marketing reason behind it at all. They did this massive sale on 2K23 that started the exact day that AEW's Fight Forever came out. No reasoning behind it. It just just happened that way right wait is it still on sale is that still going on i don't know i i, I personally don't have it but i i will research that that was i'll do a little research <laughs> you'll do the research all right sounds good so before we end thoughts on men's money in the bank results disappointing i really wanted to see and i think every fan of pro wrestling wanted to see la night um the match was tremendous and mm. For me, the standout of the match was what is I don't even know what his name is now. Pete Dune, incredible hometown legend. What's yeah. what does he go by now? Butch or Ridge Butch. or Butch? Butch. Um, yeah. He put on a heck of a show. Yeah, I agree. I, I and I think I, it was smart giving him that little push, that little like, oh, everybody's gonna get involved. Oh man, our guy might win. But, I mean, I honestly think that even with him being the hometown boy, I mean, it seemed like the crowd was just 100% behind L.A. He did not, spoiler, did not not complete the story. (laughs) They had a camera angle that you thought he was going to win. He had his hand on it, and only the top of the ladder was in the shot. And then it was like – and I've always thought this – Damian Priest should somehow be the new Undertaker. So mm. L.A. Knight instead of Bray Wyatt. So the well, and I would love them to pair someday in a really dark storyline. But uh, Priest's hand shot up like the Evil Dead, grabbed <laughs> L.A. Knight by the throat, choked the dreams of all of the WWE universe, and then Priest ascended. Um, but how cool would it be to see Damian Priest take on like a Day of the Dead? Dia de los Mortes kind of character. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? I think it could. I think he could pull it off. I mean, certainly the choice with Damian Priest made me go interesting because 
you know, we had talked about what if Dominic were in there. I think the money story would have been having Dominic win Money in the Bank if you're not going to go with LA Knight and just have him tease the crap out of that for the next year. Yeah. Maybe don't even cash in until like the last right. possible moment. Like a Carmella. Uh, like Carmella. Carmella. Or like we talked yeah. about, like if Cody Rhodes like finally topples Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 and that is the exact moment Dominic cashes in and wins all of a sudden like everybody's on this emotional roller coaster or you got Finn who you know has been the guy but never been the guy right he was the first ever WWE universal champion and yet yeah. he's still never been the guy and so you could have gone that way so Damian almost felt like the the silent partner behind the scenes like he's the muscle he's the but since he's uh, you know, taken on that persona now and they're doing like a judgment day possible split or something like he is interesting. And so what are they gonna at do? the very least, I, I'm interested where they go. Do you think they're going to do it as early as SummerSlam? I mean, is, is Priest going to try to cash in at SummerSlam and fail? Like a I Baron Corbin type run? <laughs> Bar- well, so Baron Corbin, I hear, failed because he did some tweets that were anti-military and, and uh, you know, that didn't sit well. And so that was his punishment. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just hearsay. Uh, mm-hmm. but for Damian Priest, I don't know, man. I could see him dethroning Seth. I, I think that, you know, the novelty of having Seth be the inaugural champion was great, but if they're going to keep the belt on Roman until WrestleMania 40, because the plan supposedly is still to have Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania 40, that they need the other belt to move around a little. Like, don't hot potato right. it like it's right. the Attitude Era, but – but it, it, you know, you need Damian Priest to take it, and then you need you know an LA Knight to take it, or then you you know whatever, because you know after a couple of months you can you can move it over to somebody else and have them get that boost from having this imaginary accolade. Does John Cena break the all-time heavyweight champion um, record, record at WrestleMania 40? Oh, I, I taking mean, it off Seth or whoever. Uh, may uh, wow i i hadn't thought about that i think the rumor was actually john cena was going to face like logan paul or something like that but who knows his movie schedule is out the window and it's crazy but yeah i mean that's obviously a story that they they didn't tell you know they let roman still conquer john cena and they you know it's still out there but let's be honest like even in our faction chat they're talking about oh we don't really have a a true modern era john cena in the game and somebody else responded back with yeah we need bald spot cena in here as soon as possible so (laughs) terrible you know i mean i'm of a certain age 41 that maybe mirrors are as close to where john cena is and i think that maybe maybe you know he he doesn't well i'm gonna say it again goodness finish that story and that's mm. also the concern with la Knight because he's 40 uh, i think it is maybe he's maybe he's right around 41 like me and so the commentary is he's too old but case study diamond dallas page did not win his first world championship until he was in his 40s so oh yeah and he was incredible late like uh, late career like yeah. ddp was as big of a star as there could have been in that era in wcw Absolutely. Like the rock started calling himself the people's champion, but the reality was diamond Dallas page was the people's champion. And one of the biggest shameful moments in wrestling history 
is when they just trotted him out to lose to Undertaker's wife. That was mm. embarrassing. Mm. Like, mm. how many times does Vince have to wave his big stick and say, look, I beat WCW. Here's another proof. Uh, I don't know. Does Sheamus uh, get the Intercontinental title uh, before WrestleMania 40? I don't know. They're they're pitching Drew to fight uh, Gunther, which I would still prefer be Walter, but whatever. Uh, but... I don't know. I, I don't think they take the title off Gunther until he's eclipsed the Honky Tonk Man's record. I think that's the story they're telling, which means really? Drew can't win because it's before the record. SummerSlam wouldn't be enough. So maybe I was thinking, I, I was thinking Drew was gonna um, was gonna take it off him at SummerSlam with the type of um, the way they're building it, and the way they're the way he came back out of nowhere. Uh, I was thinking maybe he would keep it until WrestleMania and then Sheamus would take it off him and maybe. that would be a big thing. Or maybe All. he could win it and lose it and bounce around a couple of times. And Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. I, all I care about is that they do end up setting Brock Lesnar and Volter or Gunther against each other because I, I truly believe that Gunther is the next final boss. I really believe he's going to be the guy that they kind of replace Brock Lesnar with. Will they let him get big again? Will they let him be like the puffy guy? I liked I him as the I liked him as the NXT UK guy. He's the big man. You know, I loved it. Ah, I know. And another maybe hot take, but like I, he looks good. He's svelte now, but standing him next to Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre has like three times the muscle mass of Volter right. when they're standing next to each other. Right. And it's like, ooh, like when he's up against others, when he's chopping, you don't notice it. But when he was thicker, you know, yeah. he was a little more imposing than he was he a monster. Right he was yeah. a monster in NXT UK, which is going to be coming back apparently at some point. There you go. Uh, final question in our 20 questions of WWE future is um, what are you hoping to see? Like, is this, I mean, is there anything that you just really want to see somebody have a good run or somebody do something? I mean, what's your hope for WWE? You know, I mean, I think that if, if in reality they are planning to go Cody versus Roman uh, coming up in WrestleMania 40, I, I hope that they don't mess around with Roman too much. I, I mean, there's a possibility that Roman loses the title and then Cody wins it from someone else. And, you know, the re I just it, the story was he didn't get it done last year. And so that needs to be the final boss. So where do they go with Roman and the bloodline? I think it would be super cool if Solo turned on Roman and they did Roman versus Solo at SummerSlam. And then, you know, Solo gets some chops in. He does his thing. But Roman continues to John Cena wins LOL the whole way. And then Roman actually starts building the bloodline rebuilding the bloodline with some of their younger cousins because they've got some other cousins out there rikishi's got more kids his brothers have more kids you know <laughs> etc and maybe they build like this this bloodline 2.0 kind of thing and it starts to look like that's going to be what dominates everything again for a while and then they can redo the crumbling of the bloodline right going into wrestlemania where that's like roman's final shame where he finally gets beaten, nobody's there for him, Cody takes the title, and then I really hope, because I know he wants to go away for a while anyway, I really hope they just let Roman cool for a while, like let him be gone for a year, and then when he comes back, 
it would feel incredible and epic. Mm. That's my mm. thoughts. I'm not a booker. I can't make that happen, though. What do you think? I love it. Um, I'll, I'll, so here's what I'm hoping is, um, and that was a very specific um, kind of story build. I like that. My thing is this. I hope we see titles be re-legitimized and split. Mm. I hope there's a SmackDown tag team champion and a Raw tag team champion. I hope there's an NXT women's champion and a uh, NXT or tag champs, right? And then uh, the women's, so it's like, there's been too much title unification and then to introduce new belts on top of it, it is so confusing now that Paul Heyman's carrying two straps and Roman's oh, got a third. Yeah. And you're like, what even is, can this ever be undone? Um, <laughs> the, ta- the tag belts need to, there's way too many good tag teams for like like um street profits to not have belts or the usos right. to not have belts or you know if the if the new day were to rebound i mean there's so much good wrestling and so many stories they could be telling um through titles and through to de-unify the straps and to make them matter again um yep. would be so great like i've been put put a put an air continental title uh, uh, you know, feud with Bobby Lashley versus Walter. Mm. Like, that'd be cool. Like, that would be mm. Titan versus Titan, right? Really right. clashing with high stakes instead of, like, you know, like like Lashley and Theory. Like, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I just want – I want the titles to matter. I want the stories to be good. And yep. I want the drama to grow and build and to matter. Um, this is probably our longest episode to date. So why don't you wrap us up, Lee? <laughs> yeah, well, I have thoughts on the titles and, and I'm, I'm going to save oh, them for another time. Cause I think that, I think there's an episode at the end where we talk about our favorite titles, looks, that kind of stuff. But I agree. Last thought is I agree when they unified the belts, I went, that is fantastic. They should do that. And then when Paul Heyman kept carrying out the other two, I'm like, how many titles does Roman actually have? Right. Like, does that one represent the other two? Or does he now have three somehow? And it's like a game of stacking Jenga. I, I don't know. But I agree. Well, I hope that uh, you guys keep chatting about WWE champions. I hope you enjoy this MLC and do an amazing job. Both Shotzi and Braun are incredible characters from early reviews. So I hope you do well in chasing them. And whatever you do, smash jams. <laughs>